Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates. On tonight's show, I have a very special guest, a returning guest. His name is Joe from the Carolinas. He has a great YouTube channel. Please go check that out. Subscribe, hit the bell, make sure you see his updates. But we, the reason why I wanted to talk to him is kind of get an update. I was included on a, a discussion, Twitter discussion that involved the subject of our last conversation. Our last conversation three months ago was about Corey Good. It was a general discussion about UFOlogy, but centered on Corey Good and David Wilcock. And within, I think the last week, it came to the attention of many people within the UFO community that Corey Good is attempting to trademark the term secret space program. And that really seemed to hit a nerve with a lot of people. So I'm really glad that Joe is taking an hour out of his time to talk about it. But Joe, thanks for being on the show. It's my pleasure to be back, William. Thank you. Awesome. So I was in this flurry of Twitters, like included on this. And I, I, my Twitter, you know, I maybe get one tweet a day or something like that. But this was like so much stuff. So maybe what we can do is uh, just talk a little bit about Corey Good and why this trademark issue really struck in her with people who have been in the UFO community for a long time. Uh, if you could go into that, please. Do. Sure. So for folks that, that might need to be brought up a little bit to speed, Corey Good is a uh, alleged secret space program insider who claims to have this kind of uh, communications with these sphere beings and was the Earth's ambassador to different extraterrestrial species. And he was on a show with David Wilcock called Cosmic Disclosure on Gaia TV, both of whom have recently left that show. Uh, subsequent to leaving that program, what ended up happening was word out on the street came down that Corey Good was actually putting in trademarks or word marks on several of the phrases that were used during the revealing of his particular testimony, if we want to call it that, on his Cosmic Disclosure show. And one of those phrases was SSP. It was actually just three letters. And this was extremely controversial because within ufology, there the abbreviation SSP, especially with social media, where every little character counts, especially with hashtags, everyone in ufology who's into the idea of a classified secret space program realized that this person or trademark might be actually an attempt to, uh, in some ways, restrict free speech and maybe even corner the market on using the phrase or terminology of secret space program, just that letter designation. And the problem with this, of course, is that like real legit secret space program researchers who are looking to find out the truth about what's really going on had followed the logic and recognized that secret space program goes all the way back even pre-2015 when Corey Good first appeared on Cosmic Disclosure. Secret space program, the phrase was used in professional conferences in 2015 and 2014 in San Mateo even. And additionally, it's been used in a number of published books that, you know, of course had copyrights by their publishers dating all the way back to 1991 in one of Bill Hamilton's books. So, and not including, but not limited to Bill Hamilton's book. So it really put us into a puzzle as a community because 
there's been a lot of controversy over Cosmic Disclosure and Corey Good's testimony to begin with, which I think is a healthy thing to have a debate over these kinds of things. Yet, this kind of began uniting the community, even among many of, I think, Corey's supporters. They they had a different take on it. It's like, oh, no, he's just using that to protect, you know, his T-shirts or whatever they're going to sell with F SSP on them. But it does bring in a larger academic kind of issue in, in terms of citation and claiming credit for or trying to claim credit for things that did not originate from one's own, you know, creativity. All right. That's an excellent point. But if he actually was able to trademark that phrase, then he would have you would have to actually pay him if you used it in certain contexts. So it's a there's a financial thing which would actually chill the discussion. And you know, I I've got a legal background. I looked into the trademark. It, there's a stretch. So yeah. Yeah, well, the thing is, is that it's uh, there. There are notions of specificity. So if you have like a term like three peat or something that's unique, it's much easier to trademark than something so general. And also, it kind of fails the test for that uniqueness if somebody else is using it. So it would be the equivalent of me like coming in and and saying, "Hey, I invented three peat." You know, if I just started using it two years ago, but if somebody else can prove that it's used before, so. It actually kind of begs the question, why would that actually be, I think it was a mistake for him to reveal that because I guess it came to the attention of something, but it would be much more prudent to just do that secretly, get an attorney, not tell anybody and say, hey, now I have a trademark. So right. something about that was not very clever on, on his part or anything like that. But uh, yeah, I'd be very interested if he was able to actually successfully trademark that. That would be a surprise to me. I. I I just think that what's happening, and I, I really appreciate that because a lot of us out here in the community have been wondering, well, what is this, what, is this legit or not? And a lot of us are saying it's not legit. And then others are saying, well, yeah, I mean, the, the worst case scenario could possibly happen. So it's, it's helpful to be able to talk to you and, and I appreciate you reaching out, you know, to help with this because it's really got the community's plural kind of confused. Right. And we are doing the best we can with it. Yeah, I don't I don't I actually don't think that he'd be able to trademark that if he tried. And I think the, the attorney he's working with an attorney. There was also another kind of cease and desist letter that was sent on behalf of Corey to was it Richard Dolan? I forgot who it was. No, um, there was a cease and desist letter that was sent from Corey Goods, uh, I believe his intellectual property attorney to one of the new Gaia secret space program insiders who's actually been interviewed on this channel uh, named Jason Rice. Jason Rice, that's right. Jason Rice. And, and this guy kind of came out of nowhere, didn't seem to have any readily identifiable background, shot a bunch of episodes, you know, according to his own report, at least, uh, uh, Gaia TV for Cosmic Disclosure, and then pretty much claims the other day when I interviewed him, he said, I'm not currently under contract with Gaia. We've already shot all the episodes. And so I have no signed, no non-disclosure agreements or anything, but because he, he was, he was, was using this letter sent, do you know, what was, you, was it within the last couple of months? Uh, it was, I believe October 3rd, if memory oh. serves correctly. Okay. This is, I mean, this is a hot trending topic within, you know, the secret space program world. Well, it's remarkable too. And no, those season desist letters are always kind of intimidation letters. It's really, an, it, there's no legally binding thing. You're not obligated, but it is 
it does show you that you're on somebody's radar, you know? So if somebody out there in the world gets a season desist, it means somebody's irritated enough to get an attorney. But mm-hmm. I do think that it's pretty remarkable that he's taking all the uh, good is, is becoming so fractious within that community. I think that he, or, I mean, and I've been watching interviews with Richard Dolan and uh, was it Joel Farrell? Joe Farrell. Was Joseph on your Farrell. Channel. Yeah. We had him on the broadcast too. Yeah. So, it's, I mean, we're all talking. <laughs> yeah. I highly yeah. suggest people check it out. Go to Joe from the Carolinas YouTube channel. Look at these interviews because it kind of shows the kind of uh, seasoned old veterans of this community kind of trying to handle something. And I think there were some interesting statements by Dolan, who, who really his, his history of this community is so on point, really sharp guy. Yes. But also how either they don't know if they're being infiltrated or if it's just somebody has come in and said, and, he, and he, I wish I could remember the name, but there's been a couple other concerns about intelligence infiltration or just kind of uh, run-of-the-mill charlatans. So mm-hmm. they're trying to contextualize. I feel like there's a lot of contextualization or trying to contextualize what this uh, person, Corey Good, and his actions mean. So mm-hmm. I do and think that that's very healthy, you know, just to look in. And there's also a dark journalist. Um, mm-hmm. I think his name, real name is Daniel Lit- List or something. Daniel List, yeah, the but dark journalist guy, yeah. Superb. I mean, I would recommend people listen to his stuff too, but he's also, he has used the secret space program terms in his very detailed and lengthy journalistic inquiries into all of this kind of uh, ufology and things like that, to use a broad term. But so that would be another person who would resist, and he's actually publicly resisting. He's in all these Twitter commentaries as well. So, um, you know, he does great work too, just like you. So it's, it's really interesting for me to kind of watch this kind of objectively, but it, uh, and do you know, I thought good left Gaia TV under kind of like there was a fractious leaving from Gaia. Is that correct as well? I don't know the full story on this. Um, so this is certainly hearsay. My understanding is that when David Wilcock left Gaia, he, he wrote probably the worst resignation letter any human being could possibly write on the face of the planet in all of human history because not only did he quit the job but he accused the Gaia TV who I don't work for uh you know people allege that because I'm talking about this uh but anyways so he he quits his job and writes like this four page single space letter circulates it around on the internet or leaks it and in the letter, he's accusing Gaia TV of engaging in Luciferian practices, you know, and begins this whole crazy mixed up narrative, which is part of the David Wilcock playbook, which we've talked about before, you know, when we met last. Right. And Corey Good also left Gaia TV at that time. In David Wils- Wilcock's resignation letter, he meant, made mention of Corey's pending lawsuit. So there's been this kind of nebulous, well, what is that all about? Interesting. So he's, so there's like a pending lawsuit against Gaia TV from those guys. and Possibly. Yeah. Or, or, there, or I've also heard some rumor that there may be at least one pending lawsuit against Corey Good, the insider's insider. <laughs> so somebody's going to sue him. Oh, man. This Maybe. Is just- I don't, these are just, you know, things I've heard. Um, And so there's a lot of confusion. But one thing that is concerning for me on a more meta level, on a, a, I guess, a 
40,000 foot view is what is happening, what this is doing to the communities. And we have an opportunity here to utilize this trademark incident and what's happening to really bring our communities united to at least be motivated to figure out what in the heck the truth really is about the subject as opposed to being feared of you know being feared into being sued right right because yeah. i'm sitting here thinking i've done a lot of ssp titles and a lot of ssp videos i'm like they're gonna sue me they're not gonna get anything well no but that's <laughs> like, like the potential first step is like this is my trademark now you're abusing my trademark you got to give me a license or mention me and all of your stuff oh, right goods ssp because he owns the trademark that's what uh, is on the horizon for those types of uh legal usages it lasts for 10 years so like you imagine for 10 years having to mention cory good the secret cory good secret space program i yeah, tell you i tell you you know they're they're if that's how it's going to have to be then the next logical conclusion for me william would be all right well if it's that much of a chore to talk about you then i guess we just won't talk about you then well, that's it. Then it quells any, maybe then what he does is it quells and quashes any criti critical inquiry, right? Because you can't mention that. So then he becomes, he becomes the top uh, commentator on that subject or something like that. And yeah, I was, you know, it's interesting you brought up the whole meta thing because I was looking, I was kind of considering like other social cons groups where they have this, you know, internal battle. So like you could see it within Christendom, politics these kind of outsiders or somebody. And then like, is he really one of us? Is this like, you know, is uh, Bernie really a Democrat? Is the Mormons really Christian? Is Corey Good really a ufologist? And how do you deal with that? Like, mm -hmm. and I don't, I think that the fallout from all this is that he will, I mean, what the, the next meeting in the desert or whatever is coming up in six months, right? So mm -hmm. that'll be interesting too. And I was listening to the Richard Dolan thing. I think he was, talking to Jimmy Church, who seems to kind of be wanting on the sidelines, doesn't really want him to take a position. Well, but... he does, though, because he, he's okay. had he uh, Jimmy Church has had David Wilcock and Corey Good on at least nine or ten times since they first, you know, unveiled. Oh, so, he, he, yeah, he likes he likes to pretend that he's impartial, but it's fairly obvious that they're really good friends. Right. But I'm okay. sorry. Go well, ahead. No, no, it's true. Well, the, the way that he came across in that interview with Dolan was that he was impartial so i didn't know those additional facts so i apologize but those people are going to have to see each other in six months at the same trade meeting you know the same meeting so it'll be interesting the fallout of this i think it just and when you you kind of look at like intelligence kind of uh operations where they want whether even like coin 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 pro mm -hmm. it's like you throw in the apple of discord like, what is it, Khalees, the golden apple, and everybody goes into chaos and freaks out. So I'm not saying this is an intelligence operation, but if somebody was handling this guy, it couldn't be more effective, you know what I mean, to just go. Oh, sure. And and I also don't rule out the possibility that if if we just kind of look at it from their point of view, like the, the point of view that, okay, this is my intellectual property, there could be an effect that happens to the human mind when we overexpose ourselves to this stuff and we begin to cluster in these large groups and that becomes our existence. So 
what's the difference between that and a formal psychological operation, uh, formalized military psyop or CIA psyop. If we look at the history of MK Ultra, those people didn't know that they were exper being experimented upon. And so psychological operations are really all about behavior control. Right. Right. We control the thoughts to control the behaviors. So I also look at this from from the same level you are. What's happening to the communities and what's happening within them behaviorally now? Everybody's in chaos. Yeah, I mean, I, I really think it's true. I think if you really take two or three steps back and look at it, it's like, wow, this couldn't be more fractious, you know. But, uh, yeah, the, bringing in the intellectual property also brings rise to lawsuits. Like, the, the Scientolo Scientology copyrighted all of its training manuals and all that stuff. So critics could not even mention them and couldn't bring things up. And it, it, it was the groundwork for uh punit like lawsuits from Scientology which were like slap suits and tried to preclude any comment that was the way they intimidated critics so you could see this whole uh trademark issue as that kind of predicate before the kind of chilling of uh public discourse happened so interesting it's really, it's really I'm I'm glad I'm I'm pleased to see so many people sitting up in their chair and going hey man this is this is a problem because it really is a problem mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't think that, that term is really specialized enough to really be uh, copyrighted. I mean, trademarked. So. Oh, I'm with you. I mean, if if you look at Twitter and uh, or if you you know type into Amazon. Oh, by the way, if you're watching on my channel, there's affiliate links down there. Click them. Um, there's a there. The SSP is the Space Shuttle Program, according to according to old NASA books that were published in I believe the 1990s or 1980s. Like it says right on the cover, space shuttle program SSP. Yeah, right? So you can't take that acronym. Do you know of his attorneys in Colorado? I think Corey Good's in Colorado now, right? So is this attorney out of Colorado? Or are you where? Do you know anything I, about the background? So from reading Jason Rice's public letter, I believe uh, Corey Good's attorney is in Texas. Interesting. So there's that kind of cross state line thing, perhaps. Uh, but I don't know if that matters with a federal. Uh, trademark you know no no that's a federal issue but i think that it's interesting because goods from texas so you probably got somebody out of that state interesting yeah well interestingly enough um the the person who is his attorney her last name is yanaris well one person that's been uh sort of distantly connected to this whole narrative uh, as of late um has been somebody who used to actually interview Corey Good uh, on one occasion to kind of try to settle the community down when a lot of people were questioning the narrative. And, uh, you know, just to be fair, has, has done some excellent reporting on that particular issue in that interview is a very good, fair reporter. Um, and so, you know, the thing of it is, do we make anything of that? I don't know. I mean, if you think about it, you have a guy who just left Gaia he no longer has the protection of guys attorneys who th these these guys are, are sharks you know well sure yeah. and I mean, so who have, do you reach out to you know if they have something that they that they own they'll defend its rights and sue you and try to get a monetary judgment it's just usually the way it goes exactly you're, so you're saying Yanaros is his attorney and then there was that other girl who interviewed him which i saw when i was researching good three months ago so she, that's a relative of 
that Yaneros girl. He was also kind of a new ager and wrote a book and stuff like that. Correct. Yeah. Nice. And, and I mean, that book's thick, you know, that was a thick book. And it but, was kind of like, it's kind of like, uh, you know, the, what is it? The, what's those books like the promise or it's kind of has that kind of new agey feel Marianne Williamson type stuff. You know, it was, her? yeah, it was more like I, and I didn't read it, so I, I can't, you know, speak very much to it, but it was, uh, I, I believe it was Teresa Naris's kind of, life work to to put in and and create uh some commentary about magic and how things kind of interconnect not in a uh i guess summoning in dark way but just kind of how the the universe works from that from that standpoint um but but there there's there are connections and i think as somebody who is committed to reason logic and common sense i don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater and see conspiracy where there may not be because I believe that's also intellectually dishonest. But at the same time, why haven't we heard anything publicly on, on Corey Good's public YouTube channel just for him to come out and say, you know, listen, you know, here's what we're doing. Instead, what we get are on his private Facebook group or maybe even his public Facebook postings, there's this kind of clarification where he'll come out and say, you know what? Uh, we're not trying to censor exper experiencers. They are certainly free to call themselves secret space program experiencers. But you know, we're trying to protect uh, the intellectual property, I think, of a brand. You know, and so, I didn't realize so Disclosure what, was a brand. How, yeah, what is the – so Cosmic Disclosure is the brand. Secret space program is some kind of subset of cosmic disclosure from Gaia. I would think that Gaia actually probably owns the title cosmic disclosure. So I would unless, think so too. Unless there was some kind of internal agreement that we don't know, but yeah, I mean, I would be, I would be hard pressed. I mean, usually these guys, if they switch between different networks, they have to change things. You know, they got to do something different. Usually, you sign when you sign up with those networks, you sign away your life. You sign mm -hmm. away your future. Typically. You sign away in all the intellectual property and a lot of the rights to that, usually for money. But yeah, I mean, I've looked at those standard entertainment agreements; they favor the network almost all the time. So I'd be interested to see if he ends up with cosmic disclosure. When we talked last time, another name that popped up, which you had told me information about, I did not know about, was Jordan Sather. Oh yeah, who is kind of like a big kind of you know alternate um, information person who's been bandy around but he seems to have taken the side of Wilcock and good and you know there's a lot of talk on twitter about him too like why don't you just you know come clean but uh maybe you know more about that well there's been a lot of people that have been noticing uh some difficulties with the way that jordan sather chooses to interact with members of the communities plural uh, concerning this subject matter, not only of the trademark issue, but also just in a general way of of just interacting in a very respectful way to people that criticize or disagree with Corey Good's narrative. And uh, Jordan Sather has gone to the point where he has named myself uh, Unirock, Dark Journalist, C.W. Chanter, a number of other people and uh, the, the uh, Cliff High, 
Walter Bosley, I believe, and, and a number of others that I'm blanking on at the moment, but I apologize if I am. And there we're the shill list. And then we're also called the Dark Alliance. Right. We, so that was something that he used, that good used in the past, that you're the kind of uh, antithesis, the enemy, right? So now you're in the correct. Dark Alliance. Wow. So. That's correct. And And in the past, when that Dark Alliance thing was going around, there were people, including but not limited to Groovy Bean uh, here on YouTube, who's been on uh, CW Chanter's broadcast, talking about the torment that s some people began putting her through, some fans or whatever, um, and maybe maybe others. They began putting her through real gang-stalking type torment because she was coming out against the story and you know some of the details of what she experienced. And, you know, myself, I also got some death threats. And it just, wow. it's kind of interesting. That's intense. That's, the death threat's very serious. Yeah. Serious that was, business. That was recent on Twitter? So the rec the most recent death threats uh, happened when I started creating critical thinking videos meta level about QAnon. Gotcha. Okay. okay. And, and Jordan Sather has been reporting QAnon uh, like, you know, it's... It's just going to be an infinite phenomenon. Right. And, and, and I mean, that's a, that's a big hot topic, too. So he's kind of picked his spot, right? That's right. So he he's he's into Q and he was also and is into Corey Good, the insiders insider. Well, listen, you know, if he's going to come out and make shill lists and say that people are lying and engaging in misinformation, disinformation and are projecting to him, I very calmly asked Jordan Sather as well as Unirock and CW Chanter. And this one's this one this one's a barn burner, William. Let me tell you. I said, listen, can we have a calm, reasonable, rational conversation on a live stream to sort this thing out where we're not doing any name calling? And Unirock had proposed the same thing just in the past 24 hours. And then Shortly after that, last night, C.W. Chanter said that he was willing to do a two-hour calm debate using a moderator of Jordan Sather's choosing, and he will be putting up $1,000 of his own money to a charity of Jordan Sather's choosing to do a formal debate. Now, I don't know how much more polite and respectful and yet academically uh, and intellectually honest you can be. And so what's happening is this secret space program TM thing has actually created a rift in the community to try to get some sense of integrity and standards back into this field that has just gone way off into outer space so far that not even the, the, the most highest powered telescope can see that far was there a response by Sather to that offer by cw chanter not to my knowledge uh but it's, so it's hard just a offer. that's it's, a fair offer i would I, I would think that if he wanted to maintain his credibility he would he would accept that offer and at least talk for an hour or two i, I mean, would think so i would think so but you know uh, I, I i accept that uh having extended an olive olive branch to jordan Sather. And not getting a response or just getting, you know, whatever, uh, hate back, which is kind yeah, of interesting. 
And when people use that term, that's a little, you know, uh, questionable anyway. Mm -hmm. But it seems like, I mean, we talked, when we talked three months ago, you know, we talked about this kind of cult-like non-questioning behavior that surrounds, uh, you know, surround seems to surround good. And have you seen that kind of still continuing even through this, this uh, trademark issue? Every, to be perfectly honest with you, even though part of me is like in the past, I've talked about this. I'm actually, that's all been very quiet lately. It's kind of, it's kind of weird. Things are very, very quiet in terms of the groupings of, of things. Um, I, I don't know that they have any mass events. I believe they have an 1111 mass meditation, but that is not something that is connected specifically to Corey good. Like in the new age communities, they have all kinds of mass meditations at different events. So the way that I think we could connect any of that to Mr. Good would just be through his YouTube channel, uh, the sphere being Alliance and also sphere being Alliance Facebook page. And that's the group that has been accused in the past of engaging in some sort of cult like behavior or following. You know, when you, how would you uh, assess the size of his his reach? I mean, does he have just a small core audience? Because when I was when I was listening to the uh, Jimmy Church Richard Dolan interview, it seemed like they were talking about how at some of these conferences there would be a, a, a marked discrepancy in the amount of people who are going to certain venues to listen to somebody. And the way they described it was that. Corey Good was really drawing a lot of crowds. So do you know anything about about that? The only thing I know, uh, just because I was involved in in restreaming from another YouTuber whose name is Positive Momentum. So I was restreaming. He was live at Disclosure Fest this past summer streaming. And you hear David Wilcock and Corey Good, uh, the insiders and siders on the stage, and then Emery, the E.T. Butcher Smith was on the stage, and they were doing their little dance and talking about aliens. And Wilcock... Emery, for people who don't know, Emery Smith has supposedly done like 60 autopsies on aliens. Is that right? Uh, I'm not sure if the if the numbers changed from 300 to 3,000. Oh. And, and they weren't they weren't full body autopsies. They were actually little pieces, just little... Yeah, little pieces. I I, I kind of wonder how that all works. But anyway, so when Positive Momentum was streaming, you hear David Wilcock, and we see this on video, say, yeah, we've got thousands upon thousands of people here. And he panned the, his phone or camera around, and there might have been 100, maybe wow. 200. Interesting. So there's that influencing. Right. So I'm just, I just wonder about the totality of his reach. I know that I mean, I think we talked about this last time. Somebody paid 9000 to move good from Texas to Boulder, Colorado, or something like that. So that's a substantial amount of money. Did you ever hear that? I have. I've heard that. I, I'm i not clear uh, who it was exactly. All I, all I heard was his followers. Gotcha. So, I mean, for all I know, it could have been Gaia TV, right? And why is why – why, I'm not sure why Unirock or Chanter is also involved in this – kind of uh this this situation were they also critics of good yes so cw chanter came out in about 2015 uh, shortly after he created his youtube channel and uh, began 
discussing the inherent logical problems with Corey Good's story, which I think, you know, the guy being a lawyer, I think he knows what he's doing with this kind of thing. And Unirock also has been deeply involved in critical thinking, uh, the, the conspiracy theory movements and sort of all aspects of the unexplained and mysteries. Big shout out to him as well. And he was kind of on it from a standpoint of you're, you're not making any sense. Come on the show and talk. Let's talk about it. And he's also, Uni's also been after some of the claims that uh, Jordan Sather's made. And recently with all of this, I think everyone's kind of looking at those that have been involved in the Corey Good camp and are starting to say, okay, well, now that guy is not involved, are you going to join our community or, you know, where do you stand with us? Because you know, a lot of the followers grew to trust these people, Right. you know, who is Unirock? I, I'm not familiar with him at all. Unirock, uh, Unirock is a, uh, a military veteran who streams, uh, about 27 hours a day. <laughs> he live stream. I mean, he's, it's, he's got the stream life going and his channel is Unirock and then Unirock 2, uh, on YouTube. And I believe it's at Unirock TV on Twitter. Gotcha. Well, it's interesting when you were talking and talking about kind of the conspiracy, uh, community, there are people like good in that community as well. I mean, maybe with the UFOs, they overlap, but you know, there are people like, okay, is this guy really telling the truth or what's the story? Or is this a real legit, you know, person? So, you know, I think that, but nothing like that where you've seen like outright trying to, to snatch some intellectual property that so many other people share. So I think that that's kind of, uh, that is remarkable. Yeah. And there, there is an issue with, intellectual property within the Corey Good uh, accusations. And that is that there's this issue of other people, other experiencers saying that their stories were quite similar to the kinds of stories that Mr. Good was saying. And, this, and there was some issues regarding um, Project Avalon and who Corey was a member of. And there's out, there's interviews that currently exist on the internet, uh, including one of Bill Ryan, who actually is uh, is the admin at Project Avalon, and they have apparently server records. There's a thread there, the truth about Corey Good, where it it details out all the threads that Corey visited while he was a member. Now, in in the interest of full disclosure, I am a ma moderator at Project Avalon. However, this is my personal YouTube channel, but because I perform that role there privately. Um, you know, I just wanted in the in the effort of disclosure, I just want to disclose, right? Well, they said I think it was Dolan in the interview that I saw that there were significant records that he was there, something like five to six thousand imprints. So he's reading or or you know digging around on the message boards at Avalon from two twenty twelve to twenty fifteen and sixteen, and then all of a sudden he comes out with stories that maybe sounds pretty similar to other people who had been in these long discussions about these subjects. So it's pretty remarkable that they, they were able to go back and ping his, his uh, ISP address and, you know, get all that. Absolutely. And then just, just because I, I want to be uh, complete about this, there's another message board as well. It's called the one truth and Corey good was a member there for a while. And there were some issues from what I understand, look, reading public, you know, Google searches, there were issues with his membership there as well. 
interesting. So did anybody have any interaction with him in those era in the, the 2012, 2015 before he was really became a public figure? Does anybody ever talk about that or like, not that I recall, you know, if anybody else is out there and you have had interactions with, with Corey Good, please leave a comment down in the uh, comment section down in our respective videos, you know, so we can, you know, get to the bottom of this, Williams or mine. Um, but I not not that I know to, of. I would be curious to see how his ide- ideology or his, his persona developed before he went public, you know. I think that that would be fairly telling. Yeah. Uh, he, well, he was a very kind of in, like introverted, kind of flat affect kind of guy when he on first, his first episode. And over the course of time, I think he kind of got used to being in front of the camera. Um, so he was a little bit different. And there was also the issue of some disability claims or something or other uh, that people were wondering, well, if you – if you were doing these 19, I call them 19 and forwards now, because 20 and back is one of them trademark terms too, William. Oh, this explain is, that. I'm, <laughs> I'm not familiar with that. So 20 to Mars and back or something? 20 out in space, 20 years out in oh, space, oh, and then oh. back to Earth, back home. And it took uh, took about 15 minutes, according, and he did three of them to his own report. And so now I just call them 19 and forward, because <laughs> we're moving forward. I um, mean, and- Interesting, and that's really Dolan and some of these other guys just bring up the basic notion of credibility. Like, there's no—I mean, they just keep saying the same thing. There's no verifiable Nothing. secondary corroboration. I mean, we're in like Blazy Ford territory, Kavanaugh. Like, do you really? And it's actually interesting because I think you can analogize the situation to Kavanaugh ah. because you had a legit Me Too movement. Tons of these men are abusing women, corporate America, entertainment, things like that, and. All of a sudden, it morphs into this kind of public thing at the at the Kavanaugh hearing with these very illegitimate characters. I mean, I, I said three or four weeks ago, I said that girl uh, Sweatnick is going to get she's going to get criminally indicted. I could tell because her story is BS. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, Grassley, who was the head of the Judiciary Committee, said they have referred her case and Avenatti, who's their attorney, who's in deep trouble. Um, to the uh, to the Department of Justice, so that those were, you know, those are unverifiable, uncorroborated. So these guys have unverifiable, uncorroborated things. It's like at a certain point, you know, you have these kind of log rollers who will go along with their story, but uh, there really is a lack of proof. And um, yeah, so yeah I just saw I was just thinking about that how like these people can come, kind of get away with this. It's pretty remarkable it it is, and you bring up a great point if I can just riff off of that because we need to know when we're talking about these kinds of issues, whether it's you know here in this three dimensional reality in a in a federal court, you know somebody's testifying I mean, we need to know who these people are, right That's how we establish trust. you are who you say you are. You know, and Corey Good, when he first came on the scene, people were like, well, who is this guy? Right. You know, show us your DD-214 for starters, because you said you were in the military. Right. Do a polygraph test, do an, a, a regression. And he wasn't comfortable doing any of those things. That's fine. But then don't try to say that you are the only person that is allowed 
to speak about these experiences and give that testimony using the same language because logically, if these programs exist and there's thousands of people in them, right? The my labs or whatever he supposedly grew up in, correct? Picking him up and taking him off to places. Yeah. yeah. It's like there should be many people having similar stories, not just from one person. Right. Yeah. Or like he can reference important people that he met who are running this or something that can be verified. Right. This guy worked for, or at least no really deep, you know, deep state information or something like that. Like give some specifics. Right. I mean, we know we know from his own report that he worked for, you know, information technologies, um, some kind of a specialist with computers. He changed servers and, you know, uh, somebody said he might have worked for InfraGuard. Um, I haven't seen his CV, but you never know. But there wasn't like a it wasn't like Tom DeLong's to the Stars Academy. Now, was it? No, I mean, but we can talk about that next. We need to cover some updated information about that as well. Okay. Yeah, okay. There's like a real lack of, of background information. And I do believe, I do believe that there is actually cre a credible core of discussion about UFOlogy. There are people, the stories people are witnessing. There's similar stories people come up with about these, um, you know, communications with these things that cannot, they couldn't have like uh, figured it out and talked among themselves pre-internet so i do think something's there but then it's just like somebody infiltrating the me too movement or or conspiracy and then somebody has sees an opportunity it's like where's the verification man you gotta say something you know, show so, me the evidence show me the evidence show me something you're in, you're in Basajo territory where even if when you look into the evidence it's not credible right like, I, I, yeah well i live very close to where he supposedly takes a took a space jump from El Segundo right out, right literally south of LAX. It's literally one block south that he took supposedly to space with, you know, and fought pterodactyls or whatever, pleosauruses or something. Mm -hmm. And I've lived here in this area, South Bay, for like 17 years. It's clearly just an office building. So 999 <laughs> Boulevard, it's not possible. And there was no other building there before that, I mean, it's just not, it's just not. You have to think that they built some space jump thing there and then tore it down and rebuilt an office building. I was talking to somebody on in an interview last week. I, I drive by there and look in, they just like look like miserable office workers. They have glass uh, windows, which makes it less plausible that there's some kind of secret space thing going on. But I drive by there and it's like, these are just standard office hacks who work at insurance companies and stuff, man. Not, <laughs> not a military building. Well, and Bishago loses credibility as an aside because he took pictures of the, from the Mars rovers and did these kind of like hyper blowups of a little patch of sand and said, oh, this is a slag pit of bodies. It's totally. Whoa. You know, it was interesting because I was there's a good podcast about cults and there was one guy about the Raelian. He was a Raelian cult leader. It was actually French. And he would just do the most ridiculous stuff on, on these public stunts. But people who keyed into him knew that there was just one out of 100 people that would believe him. And that's all he was looking for, one out of 100. So he would go on, and most people would go, this guy's a kook. He's dressed in weird outfits. He has a weird symbol. But he had been such a successful, 
you know, scan. He, if you looked at the guy, I forgot his name. It's like Jacques something, but he had been like a, a hustler his whole life. So he just found a really good hustle where he can make tons of money. Really interesting. The Raelian's cult and the guy, the leader, it was uh, really fascinating. Like he, people said that they could tell that it was so brazen. He was laughing at himself while he's telling his story about UFOs and wow. communicating. You could you could analogize this whole situation to the Raelian cult. You know what? I think that there's overlapping things. So mm-hmm. it's another interesting thing to look into. But uh, we've got about 10, 15 m- minutes left. There was some updates with the To the Stars Academy mm-hmm. that ha- that came out, which was, uh, of course, a filing with, I think, the SEC about how much debt or how much stock they really gave out. They It's apportioned as debt, but they show it's basically $36 million worth of stock in a company that's valueless as they've given out to all these people in the hopes that they can generate enough money to, you know, have these options eventually vest with something. So, I mean, it's pretty incredible. It is. And this coming from an organization that, I mean, when they first did their big unveil uh, over a year ago now, I thought that this is like, this is how, if there, if there's going to be disclosure, then gosh darn it, it's going to come from ex-government spooks coming out of there and saying this is what we're going to do. And I had my hopes up. And then I started looking into the background right off their own website, for crying out loud. And every single person other than Tom DeLong in that roster, CIA commendation medal, counterintelligence, DOD, this, I mean, NSA, that, it, it, you know, brain mechanics and things. And so... I, I began to wonder, and I do hope something comes out of it. However, and I said this on another stream, it costs over a hundred million dollars to build a stealth aircraft. So, how are they going to build a UFO for a lot less? I don't have any idea. You know. It's- yeah, it's just some. There's another. You know, if you apply your your dictum of reason, logic, and common sense, it's like where is any of that? You know, this is, <laughs> there's no common sense. How are you going to build this? You they had such. It's kind of like the dot com uh, enthusiasm twenty years ago. Like we're going to just take over the world. You know, it's like well, where are you going to get the money, and how are you going to do it? So, mm-hmm. um, you know, that thirty six million dollars in stock. So they have a lot of people banking on this company better be successful because I'm going to gravy, gravy train. I'm going to get on the gravy train. Once I sell my stock, once this becomes a hope, that, that means they're hoping for it to become a public company. Correct. And the other thing with that is that I don't know how these startups work. I mean, you know, I, I'm just down here on the farm, right? So I don't get all the highfalutin economics and everything, but I'm, I'm, I'm reassured by people that have invested in them that this is perfectly normal. It's perfectly natural to have this a much amount of debt for a startup. And, and I respect their, you know, I respect their authority on that. Um, one of the officers left, uh, or actually one of the members, Gary Nolan uh, from Stanford University, uh, who does a lot of great uh, genetic work with cancer. Uh, he's disassociated himself, but can still consult. And then uh, somebody else, I think it was Jim Semivan became the VP. And so th- there's been a little bit of restructuring. Interesting. And 
I'm just wondering where's this thing going to go because they're they're funding it also by T-shirt sales, record sales, book sales uh, from uh, Lavenda. Lavenda. First of all, I think they just came up with the second verb, uh, volume of Secret Machines. Right. I was looking at Tom DeLonge's Twitter, and uh, so I don't know how a book sale is going to justify this massive stock offering where, where all these people are going to supposedly cash out. I don't know where the revenue is going to be. You know, you kind of have to have actual revenues. And these SEC filings are really amazing because you can see the bottom line of what's going on at the company, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know. I mean, he's got to be sweating and his investors have got to be sweating. What I really need to see with those SEC filings, which I haven't seen, is actually with their real revenues and how much money they've raised. Yeah. That would be fascinating. Um, but, so I'll send, you, I'll, I'll send you the link on that. Um, but the other thing that, that's recently come out regarding the SEC filings and that, that huge number that, that's really hard to ignore for a lot of just common folk re, using common sense is Tom DeLong came out recently and just said essentially it was a lie. Said that the $36.1 million in debt was a lie? Yeah. Really? Now, that? now if that's true... He's, he is in, on public record stating that a company that is associated with his name lied on the SEC filings. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Well, you can get sued. I mean, they're, they're going after Elon Musk for all kinds of misstatements, public misstatements and things like that. And that guy's like a titan of American business. He's in deep trouble with Tesla. Uh, DeLong might get, he might be very, he might get in trouble saying, making statements like that. If you try just simple fraud on those SEC filings, get you a criminal complaint. You know? Sure. I mean, look at what happened to Elon Musk. He suggested in a tweet that possibly the company might go private. And you see what happened there. Yeah. He, oh, he yeah. smoked, smoked a little marijuana on the Joe Rogan podcast. Hi, Joe Rogan. And, um, you know, his, his investors were like, what, what's Dude, going on with that guy's going to bars and getting hammered. And hanging out with that girl who like sacrifices chickens, chickens in her closet. What was that uh, African American uh, rapper? Do you know who I'm talking about? No, I, do. I don't follow. Much okay, of well, yeah. supposedly he was hanging out with her, and she took some pictures. And his lawyers tried to get her phone back so they could swipe it and they could wipe it clean and give it back to her because she had incriminating photos about Musk. But her name is I can't remember her name. Unreal. She was saying she was sacrificing chickens in her closet, flat out said it, hanging out with Elon Musk. So it was a big mistake. And they actually missed, they actually lost a huge contract within the last month with the American government and went to another person that they should have won. And so it's uh, it's not looking good for Musk at Tesla. And I think he's left Tesla. I don't think he's there anymore, but is Tesla that, and SpaceX. So. Is that right? Yeah, I tell you, folks, when, when you look at, you know, the history – I mean, the U.S. government doesn't have a really good relationship past tense with Tesla, Nikola Tesla, <laughs> right? right? And so right. now we're seeing the same pattern repeat itself with a company. What's really going on behind the scenes is what I wonder. That's another good question. Interesting yeah. they bring it up because there was a really good dark journalist uh, study that he did online about Tesla and how Trump's uncle was the guy who was responsible for looking over Tesla's documents after he died or something like that. Really fascinating. That's right. Yeah, there's all kinds of interconnections here with, with a number of these families, which is fascinating in and of itself.
Well, he did some really, I mean, for me, it's because I've been kind of inquiring into the occult for the last five or 10 years. So many of those, those families that started off the technology companies were involved in Helena Blavatsky's stuff or all kinds of uh, really fascinating. Like, and I, I grew up in Northern California. So when a dark journalist was saying things like Varian, I was like, oh, I remember Varian. I used to tr- drive by the Varian offices. The Varian brothers were hang- doing Blavatsky stuff. What? So it's yeah. pretty really up so yeah but uh we're kind of coming down to the end okay uh, so maybe you can uh tell people where they can kind of get an update on all of this these kind of Corey good updates so if anybody's interested in kind of following uh the what i call the ab paranormal which is a wide range of different things not only the the kind of entertainment-based secret space insiders insiders whistleblowers and all that but also real secret space program research, looking into FOIA requests on all areas of conspiracy theory, secret government experiments, uh, as well as unexplained phenomenon, unexplained disappearances. You can check out my YouTube channel, Joe from the Carolinas here at youtube.com. You can also check out my website, joefromthecarolinas.com. We're at Joe from Carolina on Twitter. And of course, you could also choose to support me on patreon.com. And people check out the Twitter feeds on Joe's Twitter and see all of these different uh, communications. There's just such a list. If you want to follow up this whole good uh, fiasco, you can check it out. But I can tell you one thing about the secret space program that's legit. Yeah. I grew up in Northern California and knew somebody who made specialty plastic parts. And back then, before kind of computers in the 80s, there were still computer, rudimentary computers, super uh, before AutoCAD, super complex but doing them for the government. And he, he was putting together, you know, satellites, secret satellites back in the eighties and early nineties that, mm. you know, were military satellites. There mm-hmm. were space. Models. He told, I don't want to give away all the details, but we would love to hear them. <laughs> well, I, maybe offline, but they, I mean, they're very advanced. The United yeah. States weaponry that's extremely advanced. And doing some of the weaponry, like, but uh-huh. really bad. Doing some of the Freedom of Information Act stuff we've been uncovering, there is a lot there. There is a lot there. So, like, when when Trump came out and announced the Space Force, it was like, okay, sure. Yeah, you just started. Right. (laughs) Let's get it funded first, so. (laughs) Yeah, guys, go check out Joe's stuff. Go to YouTube. Subscribe on his YouTube channel. There's so much great information there, too, about so many of those different subjects. I highly recommend that. So, Joe from the Carolinas, thank you very much for being on the show. It's my pleasure to be with you, William, and a big shout out to all your listeners and viewers. Cool, man. Take care. Have a good day. You too. I got to go into another meeting. Take care. All right. You too. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome. Welcome. Um, So I'm going to go ahead and sign off myself too. And the reason why is because there's a number of streams happening right now. And so I, I appreciate you tuning in for the William Ramsey interview. Uh, it was kind of interesting to get this standpoint of uh, an attorney, an attorney who uh, has a number of years working in the field, and to get an idea of what really was going on in his mind and his sizing up of the whole situation. And uh, I think I'm going to go hit another stream now. So thank you all, Vigilance for Victory. And we'll get back at you. Remember, follow the logic. Bye.